Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Welcome to the 44th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we lean into the tactical, the practical, and the spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Um, Last week, Andrew Barlow was on with us, and we leaned into the tactical side. We went after uh, investment portfolio allocations and trying to understand risk, as well as uh, taking just a, a deeper look at how what we've talked about from the very beginning is how do the ultra wealthy invest, and how do you create significant wealth. Um, and so one of the ways that you do that is in investments. And and uh, what Andrew and his firm do is they have a very uh, kingdom-minded focus toward investing. And so that was a that was a, a, a great podcast to understand a lot, a lot of details around how do you uh, make a tactical approach to your investments. Um, today, I want to switch that up. And so we have uh, we're going to lean into the practical pillar of our of our show here and go after Love parenting that. and how to raise wealth. Um, excuse me, how, not how to raise wealth, how to raise kids inside wealth. It, and yeah. certainly, we need to understand it is wealth that. in some ways if you think about it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Um, True wealth. And and I don't know what Andrew's net worth is, and so I'm, we're not trying to talk about you know to what level of wealth Andrew has. But the the reality is, anyone listening to this podcast would qualify as the rich that Jesus is talking to. You know, basically almost everyone in America falls into the top 1% um, from from a world standpoint. But certainly um, my my guess is that there's probably not, there's probably not many people listening to the show who wouldn't be in the top 1% of the world. So certainly when we're talking about when Jesus gives the commands to the rich, that, that counts as us. And there are varying degrees of wealth, obviously, but, uh, but from that standpoint, we're going to talk about is if for for someone who has um, substantial means, what does how do you raise kids? How do you do that well? And uh, it's not easy, and it's actually it's incredibly challenging. So I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who's part of a fifth generation family office, and he we're going to do a podcast series around how do you. How do you do family business well and 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 do family wealth well? Because typically, you know, he talks about the the shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves and or excuse me, short sleeves to short sleeves in three generations. Uh, you know, basically, wealth gets created by hardworking people, and then yeah. and then the next generation benefits from it, and then the third generation typically starts to fall off from there. Third or fourth generation typically starts to to fall off uh, pretty heavily. So, so I want to focus in on on how do we do this well for our kids or for our grandkids, depending on where you're at. Um, but before we do that, since we've already warmed you up with the, the conversation last week, I want to throw yeah. just a nice little meatball question to you. Shouldn't be <laughs> any problem at all. Andrew, if you continued life exactly like you are today, what is one regret that you would have on your deathbed? Ooh. There you go. Just an easy exactly. one for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's super easy. That's super easy. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. God has called uh, me and, and, and us and my family into, into so much in this season, more than I ever thought I was probably capable of in the past. And, and, uh, 
And so that's been a real stretching process of like, all right, God, if, if you're, if you're truly calling me to all of these different areas, we talked a little bit previously, there's stuff going on with the, uh, the church that my family's leading. And then there's stuff going on with everything we're doing here. And it's okay, God, if you've truly called us to that, um, I need you to give me the capacity to, to, to handle it and to manage it all well. Um, and so for me, I, I have to get very, very intentional about creating space and time for the things that, that really matter. And that's, I know something we're going to be digging into today is, is, is investing well into my children, into my wife. And, you know, we do it, we do a lot of investing in other areas throughout the day, but so I would say at, at, at this point, that's definitely an area that I've tended to more of the side of, of, of busyness and activity and doing things that are, are really good, important things that he's called me to. We'll dive into this in a little bit, but I had a really good examples of growing up of somebody who made the priority the priority. Okay, man. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. It's yeah. literally last night, um, my wife and I are looking out and so we love the snow. And there's something so peaceful and nostalgic about the snow and, and we like the cold. So we're weird like that. Um, <laughs> but we're sitting out there. And so I, I, I had a late night of work and so I'm home, um, there with her, she's getting ready to go to bed. And I, I'm just like, Hey, can we stop for a minute? Just, can we just look out at the snow, look out, look out at the property and look at the snow and, yeah. and just said, you know, we're so busy doing these things that God has called us to do. And, but I, I am not i'm i guess i'm rushed i don't try to hurry through everything but i'm but i rush to brush my teeth i rush to <laughs> shower and to dry off i rush to to do this client meeting so i can get to the next one i rush to do this piece of research i rush to read to get i rush to i don't say rush to read my bible but i rush to get my my to get to my time with god and i somewhat rush through it and I certainly rush my listening time. I'm not, <laughs> I absolutely rush my listening time, uh, yeah. rush my journaling time. And just like, and I rush everything. And it's just like, mm -hmm. I just need to just, I need to figure out how to slow down and enjoy this. Cause I'm doing things that are important, that are things that God has yeah. given me. And I know that the business stuff that he's given us to, like, I, I would have, this would have crashed and burned long ago if it was me. So I know yeah. this is him, but part of the beauty of this is learning how to, how to walk with him mm. in that, to, to take the yoke, to take his yoke upon me and walk yes. with him. And so, anyway, so, so let's lean into that here. Um, yeah. And for any listener, you're not alone. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> we, right. we all struggle with, with this idea of, of, of busyness. So um, yeah. I want to, all right, we'll lean into the kids now. Yeah. The the difficulty is when you were, so your parents, uh, were you raised in a wealthy household? I was not. No. Okay. Um, so, my, go yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, 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 you, so you've seen then hard work and grit and you didn't have um, a dad who got to sit in a nice fancy office, you know, with, with great wood paneling and, and, you know, wear nice button down shirts and come home clean every day. I guess. <laughs> right. And so you, yeah, you hard work. yeah. My 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 parents were in ministry for much of my life, okay. and uh, and it's it's been it's really interesting. <laughs> now we we talked a little bit, yeah, exactly. We talked a little bit on the last episode um, uh, of you know they 
some of the work we're doing now to support people in that space. And I have a huge passion for that because I came from th- this point of, 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 and being, we talked last time about how I was homeschooled, you know, I would help my dad at like 12 years old balance the checkbook. I don't even know if a lot of people these days know what balancing a checkbook means. <laughs> um, but, but I, I remember saying, well, there's more bills than there is money. Mm-hmm. And all right. And that was a really, I, I treasure those years because I was able to see firsthand the Lord provide and see my parents set an example of walking in faith. And, and, and now being in a situation later in my life where I'm not wondering where the next meal is going to come from or if we're going to be able to pay the mortgage or whatever that is. Um, right. I'm very grateful for the fact that I had that example growing up of, of how are we really going to be walking in faith and trusting that, that, that God's got something here. So it, that wasn't something that I experienced early on. Yeah. Okay. Well, well so you just kind of gave me a different perspective for the next question here. Cause I want to, I want to talk about how do we raise children with grit? Um, because yeah. I heard someone, you know, someone, you know, showed showed pictures of some meme type thing of a bunch of pictures of of the young males in our country today, and talking about how uh, how you know without the technology we have to give us such a, uh, a leg up in inside war, um, our young males would would we would not be <laughs> in as good a shape as we were a, a generation or two ago from from that standpoint. The and so so raising kids with grit. You can look at this two ways. One being the ability to literally roll up your sleeves and go do something, do yeah. something difficult. Yeah. And, and that's important to be able to do. But what you just brought up is also a spiritual grit as well with this. Yeah. So how do you raise kids to be able to do this? Not just by my own strength and willpower. So take that question wherever you want to go. But how are you yeah. trying to give your children grit to be able to survive in a world that no matter how much money you have, you can't. You can't bypass difficulty. And we see it all the time when people can't handle challenges. They crumble and fall apart. So how are you raising your kids with the the grit to handle that? I was uh, I was talking to to a friend this morning at the gym and and I you know when you when you're looking at at parenting and when you're looking at um at, at really anything that you're investing time into. Uh, the Bible talks about you'll know it, you'll know you'll you'll know something by its fruit, you will know them by their fruit. And 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 children and well-raised children and well-behaved children and children who um, who who continue walking with the Lord and all of those really important things is is fruit. That's fruit, and you can have good fruit and you can have yeah. bad fruit. Um, and I I really am very blessed and thankful for um, uh, the way that that my parents invested into the seven of us growing up. Um, they created environments. I mean, yeah, we, we went to church multiple times a week because that's, you know, we were a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night family. Um, and, and so we were certainly in an environment where we were, where we were hearing the word and having that instilled into us, but that extended into the home. You know, my dad would read the word to us. My, my mom would pray with us. My mom, they would, they would teach us how do you hear the voice of God? How do you hear, how do you get into the word? What do you, how do you decide what you're going to read in the Bible? Really practical things. And then just really amazing examples of, of, um, 
how do you how do you study the word? How do you receive from the Lord? And I'm very very thankful that while um, wealth wasn't something that they've they that they've passed on at least not yet um, that that the wealth that they did pass on um, has been this foundation of like you said spiritual grit where it's, I, I still, I still remember the other day, my dad and I were at the gym shooting the basketball around and I played basketball growing up and, um, he was not an athlete growing up. He was a musician. And I still remember being in the, in the, in the driveway at our house growing up and we're shooting baskets. And, uh, and I was, I was in my, you know, travel club league at the time. And, and we, he was looking at my stats and going over stuff with me. And, you know, he, he, he didn't have a clue when it came to, you know, technique for basketball but he's like hey I, I learned this stuff about visualization and here's some things that you need to be you know focusing on and so he poured into me what he did have but one of those biggest things from from both my parents was a foundation of learning how to seek the lord making that that's that spirit that relationship true relationship with the lord an absolute priority and and they they taught us how to do it but even more important than that they modeled that they did it themselves I remember waking up at six o'clock in the morning and seeing my mom kneeling in front of the couch with pictures of the family in front of her praying over everybody and nobody was watching. Right. Yeah. I was, but I, so I'm very, very thankful for the ways that they transferred those things into us. And now as I'm on almost 10 years into my parenting journey, I have two girls. Um, I'm, I am actively working to replicate, the, the the strategies, the tools, the things that they did to pour into all of us and my kids. Very, very good. All right. Thank you for that. Next question. So when, whenever I have start having the conversations with, with clients or just anyone around the discussion of wealth, and we talk about you know a, a trust fund baby, and it's so easy to criticize a trust fund baby because they have everything they could ever need right and you know oh life must be so tough for them well the reality <laughs> is like when we think about what shaped you and i you know this is so easy to do to a, a first generation entrepreneur but but to anyone so like yeah. for for me like i can go back to and look at the you know the the getting beat up i can go back and look at the um all of the challenges inside sports i can go back and look at the um getting rejected. I can, I can look yeah. at, uh, you know, having the clunker car that breaks down on the side of the road or the <laughs> first job, you know, working at a young age, you know, I think it was maybe 12 when I started, um, working yeah. and, and I remember, you know, roughing hockey games when you, it's okay to play on a super cold and not just like the normal inside, nice cold rinks, but like where I lived yeah. in Boston was incredibly cold uh, rinks. And when you're playing, it's okay. It's cold when you're playing, but it's different when you're roughing and all, and you're not moving that much. And I just remember <laughs> how much my fingers hurt when I warm them up in the hot water afterwards because of, you know, how cold they were and just the different things that just the, those challenges that you had, when you don't have those, we would talk about these character building opportunities. When you don't have those as a kid, when you didn't have to work hard to make the sports team because your, your parents could just pay your way on when you didn't have to, <laughs> Uh, try hard in school because you you honestly knew that it was going to be okay. Or you could get in trouble, you could mouth off because it, yeah. mom or dad could take care of it. You didn't have to get a job um, at a young age, or if you did, it was working for you know dad's 
you know, buddy, and you knew that you always kind of had uh, an extra long leash there. <laughs> and, you know, you don't know if, if the girlfriend or boyfriend is actually in it for you or if they're in it for your money and same with your friends. And you didn't have to try hard in school because you knew you had money and like all of these character building opportunities that we have that, that, that shape us and help, help us to, um, to know where to turn we talk about the spiritual good, help us to know where to turn when things get tough. When you raise kids who have been sheltered and protected from every, every, uh, hardship, which is, you know, it's more common these days. It's, it's a major detriment to them and, and you, you rob them of so much. So how are you, as you have some varying degree of wealth that you have, how are you intentionally making sure that you still create character building opportunities for your daughters? Yeah. Um, diamonds are refined under pressure, right? That's, that's how they're, that's how they're created and formed. Um, I, you know, this, it's this whole concept and there's a lot of, a lot of different schools of thought and a lot of people, very smart people talking about this idea of doing hard things, right? Uh, there's a lot of, lot, there's a lot of talk about that right now. Um, I am very firmly in the camp of, I, I believe that that is what forms greatness. Um, being not, not, you know, cause for me, it was like, well, I knew my parents didn't have anything. I was helping my dad with the finances. So for me, it was like, how, how soon can I start working? What, what ideas do I have that could be businesses? But so those things they instilled into me of like, yeah, start a business. This is an amazing thing you can do. That is what opened doors. And, and, and nothing about that is easy. You know, my first job was a stock boy at a Christian bookstore and I was sweeping the floors and, and, you know, trying to, I guess, maybe not stop that guy who just walked up and stole a Bible. I'm like, I hope he reads it. Right. <laughs> that was my first job was like, it was, it was tough stuff. It was, um, and, and so I, what, what I've done, Kimberly and I have, have worked to try to create opportunities and, 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 and ways for our girls to, um, have to do hard things. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm maybe a little better as, as, as the father, maybe I just said more natural bent to, um, bringing challenge, you know, uh, often not, not always, but often the mother is a, a, a more of a support figure and the father right. can do a little better job of bringing challenge. Um, and so I, I really work at that with, with my girls, I'll, I'll take them downstairs and, into the basement gym and, and, and have them work out with me and, mm-hmm. and, and do things where I'll sit with them and do their homework. And I won't just tell them the answers. Like I'm saying, Hey, you need to figure out how to figure this out. Um, and so creating environments. And I think even as you get into the older years, my girls are, are a little bit younger now, uh, at seven and nine, but um, even as you get into the older years, we, we have people who will come in and ask for internships here. And you can usually tell when somebody, uh, has this kind of air of entitlement about them. Um, and, and, and usually for, for somebody who's, who's, uh, dealing with that at some point, they're going to, they're going to see what the real world looks like or what the rest right. of the rest of the world looks like or lives like, um, where, where, where not everything is, is a red carpet. And, um, and so I think one of the best things that, that we can do for our kids and what I'm trying to do for my kids is create environments for where they have to do hard things. So whether that's through sports and the challenge that that brings, or whether that's through learning an instrument and the the dedication that that takes. Um, but, but not just making sure, because I think often when somebody is, 
coming from something where uh, 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 upbringing where they didn't have a lot, they'll say, well, I don't want my kids to deal with some of those right. challenges that I dealt with. And then, like you said, the pendulum swings the other direction. But um, I think one of the best things that we can do is create opportunities for our, our children to have to do hard things. And you're there with them for it. You're not, they're not on their own. They're not feeling abandoned. But you're saying, here's the way to go. Here's, here, like, you can do this. So, I, I, man, I think you're, and, and I'm just going back to the story that you, you shared last week on this about the businesses that, that you guys yeah. were encouraged to start at a young age. So before I even knew that about you, I was going to ask, at what point do you think is a good time for your kids to start working? Um, and and you have experienced this, not only yourself, but your family members as well. You, you've lived this out firsthand. At what point do you think is a good time to start working? Um, and then how would you encourage, from, from what you've experienced, how would you encourage a parent engage with their kids to start working? Whether they start a business like you guys did, or they yeah. you know, go off and, and get a job at, at the Christian bookstore. Um, how, do you, how do you encourage a parent to, to engage and help them foster you know, the, the yeah. lessons that have been learned? I don't think that there's too early of an age. Uh, okay for them to be doing something. It could be something at the house. It could be a project. It could be something that's outside of the normal. It's not just, you know, Hey, you make your bed, I'll give you a dollar. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, there was some, there were some seasons growing up where it's like, yeah, if you just do what's you're already, you already should be doing, you're going to, you know, get some money for it. Uh, but, but specific things where there's a definable project with a start and end and something that they can actually put effort into, um, I, I love the idea in parenting of, of creating space for our kids to try a lot of different things, like try a sport, try a martial art, like do, do organizational projects because you can start to see where does their zone of genius lie? When, when does that start to come out? When do you start to see what God's uniquely put into them? I've been getting so deeply into the Enneagram recently and it's just opened up my eyes in so many different ways, like understanding how I see the world, how they see the world, how my wife sees the world. And it's just mind boggling to, to be able to understand God's uniquely designed and put, put giftings and talents into them. Often they need to be, um, an environment needs to be created where that genius can come out. And I, I'm really grateful that growing up, I watched my dad learn how to play the guitar. He, he knew how to play the guitar. And, and I said, I want to do that. So he put a guitar in my hands and, 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 and taught me. And, yeah. and that has now become a thing where now I'm a worship leader and that's become a big part of my life. And, um, so, but he, that, that environment was created where I could learn and grow and test that. And there's a whole lot of things that I tried growing up. I'm like, I'm never doing that again, but I was allowed <laughs> to have the chance to try. And probably maybe most importantly, I was given the chance to fail. Uh, that's right. a, that's a, that's an interesting concept that I've seen a lot is where some parents, you know, call it helicopter parenting or whatever, but there's so much cushion and bubble wrap <laughs> that uh, the kids never have an opportunity to try something and fail. There's always a safety net there of some core of some sort. And um, failure is a great, great teacher. It is so so all right. So so for a parent the parent that hears this and is is being challenged by that, how do you recommend they help their kid uh, through a failure. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to naturally come out of 
encouraging and uh, depending on the age, even positioning your kid to try a lot of things. Um, I have my, my, my daughter, uh, I, my, my oldest daughter tried her first year of, of, of soccer, Park District soccer this past year. Uh, she, she did it with, with one of her best friends in the world. And it was wild to see the two different personalities out there on the field. You know, hey, my Haley is a little very, very energetic and, and peppy. And so she's like, you know, it's a lot of like uh, unbridled energy. I'm just going to run where the ball is right now, not where it's going. Like, I'm just going to run, 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 run. Yeah. And her and her best friend is wired a little bit differently. And she's like, look at the tree over there. And, you know, like it just right. And so at the end of the season, Haley's like, I might want to do that again. And her friend's like, I'm never doing that again. Um, so when environments are created where, where, where your children can try something and, and fail, I think it's important to look at, is this actually a failure or is this like part of the natural process of learning something where it's not going to necessarily be easy, you know, learning how to play guitar. Okay. And that really hurts early on when you're trying to press down those strings until you start to develop some calluses, um, and and so it's important to understand and know what is a failure versus what is just you're doing something hard and uh, you, you can push past this. So there's there's a balance of encouragement and 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 healthy challenge as a parent, and then this support side of like, hey, you're this doesn't define you, you you know. So I think if you do find something that's truly a failure, to to jump back to your question, where it's like, hey, I I tried that and it it bombed miserably. Um, I think as parents, one of the best things that we can do is recenter them on their identity in Christ. Hey, that failure doesn't define you. You are not a failure just because you're not necessarily gifted in this specific area that you tried. That doesn't define you. And I mean, yeah. all of our life is a whole giant, crazy journey of like, understanding our identity in Christ and being, having our mind renewed more and more to, to who he is and who we are in him and all of that. That's everything. But we can do that at an early age for our kids. Hey, this, here's who you are. Speak truth into their life and, and then say, okay, what else are we going to try? What did you like about it? Oh, I loved that I got to run, but I hated when the ball got kicked and hit me in the face. All right, maybe we're going to do cross country or you know whatever. Like, um, so so those are parts of that shepherding process that I think are really key of saying, you know, when failure happens, that doesn't define you. But let's keep going. Get back on maybe a different horse. All right. Um, well, we get to skip the next question because you just answered that one about <laughs> about help helping your kids find their own identity. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so two more spots I, I want to. Now maybe three. So one, the, the idea of just hitting a point of what you said, it's so important that we don't let our kids be comfortable all the time. It's great to, you know, Jesus, you know, said you can come here and, and rest, but it's not stay here and live in this place. of, <laughs> of we're, we're, we're meant to go out and, 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 and we grow through the discomfort. We go through, we grow through the challenges and, and there's no there's no stories in the Bible of someone who just lived comfortable their whole life and and went and, and did something <laughs> meaningful. They're, and they're they're not positively yeah. listed in the Bible when th- when that's what they did. Um, <laughs> that's right. There's there's people who did that, but it's it's not positive in in the Bible. And so so yeah, so we, we need to go out and get uncomfortable. And if money yeah. allows us to stay 
comfortable, then I think as parents, you have to figure out and, and prayerfully consider this because what's right for Andrew's kids is not right for your kids necessarily. But um, but we need to prayerfully consider how do we help our kids get uncomfortable, come back into to comfort and love and protection, and then go back yeah. out again into the uncomfortable and, and just get get into that process where they're where they're okay. If they learn how to get uncomfortable at a younger age, like think of how much you know as adults now, like seeing uncomfort out there, like discomfort, like I'm hesitant. But if, if they're if they're just used to embracing discomfort, like man, how much how how positive is that? So, um, absolutely valid, validate and second what you're talking about there. So yeah. the other two spots I want to go with this is one communicating money to your kids, and then a little I want to hit a little bit as well just around education education yeah. planning um, just from your financial background. So um, so let's do the first one here communicating. To your so the two questions here one about communicating how do you begin to communicate to your kids because they, they pick up on it they naturally know like oh we go on nice vacations we do this you know yeah. when I ask for shoes we can go get shoes so how do you yeah. how do you communicate wealth that, that you have to kids and when's the right time to do that and then we're going to talk about how as they're a little bit older how should they communicate the wealth that they have to let's say a significant other yeah yeah great question um how we communicate it to our children, I think, is very important uh, because I think it it um, there's there's a difference between abundance and there's a difference be, be, between abundance and, and and having enough for for your needs and then excess or or, or lavish or um, some of the things that go pretty far beyond that. And and I'm not saying that one of them is bad. I, I think that. Uh, it's important for our kids to understand the value of money. And that's one of the things that um, I think we instill in them at an early age and the value of hard work and how hard work can lead to this and all of that. And so um, I would land and tend more towards the side of, um, you know, when my kids ask for something, even, even though affording is not an issue, um, often what I'll do is go to them and say, okay, what do you already have that, that is like that is there is there a way that if we are going to get something else that we can also give how can we try to instill generosity into them as a core tenant of who we are as a family and here's how a barlow behaves and acts um but then one one of the things that i that i do because they you know they get money for their birthday and they'll help with things around the house is is i've i from a very early age i've i've taught them instilled in them here's what investing is here's what it looks like to see money grow okay you got a hundred dollars for christmas from grandpa and you can go take that hundred dollars over to you know uh, the store or onto amazon and 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 you can order something a hundred dollars worth of things or what if we put fifty dollars of that hundred dollars over here into your you know utma investment account that we created for you and um, and then you still go buy something with the other fifty, but watch you put fifty in there on your last birthday, or you put a hundred in there on your last birthday, and now that's hundred and forty. That's forty dollars that you didn't have. So, like really simple stuff at an early age, right? That teaches them how money can grow, teaches them the value of it, but also um, when I talk to my kids about this, one of the things that I really try to focus on is that um, 
how important generosity is and, and, and why do why we've been blessed. Great. Why? Why have we been blessed? Okay, we've been blessed so that we can be a blessing to other people. To bound so, to every good work, right? That's right. That's right. So what I'll what I'll ask them and 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 their the school that they're at right now does a really good job of this as well, is is making them aware of the needs that are out there in the world. They'll have certain projects. They have one that, that creates these boxes for cancer patients. And so, you know, when it came time towards the end of the year, we were looking for some different opportunities to 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 do some uh, year-end giving in addition to what we already do. And and um, we asked the girls, hey, what is it that you would feel? What is, what is God putting on your heart that you would like to bless? What ministries, what things that you're aware of uh, would you like to see some money go to? And we talked about, hey, there's there's money that you've earned that technically belongs to you. You can do whatever you want with that. What do you want to do with this? And they found, you know, a ministry that they were passionate about, and we and we did a gift to them. Um, so I think those are the types of things, like really practical, strategic things, as we communicate this. And I, I'm I'm more firmly in the camp that, you know, I want my kids to feel like the world doesn't owe you anything, you know, like if right. that, that back to the concept of hard work and all of that, that God has called you, God has equipped you with unique things. Let's, let's uncover those. Let's refine those and, and go crush it so that you can be a blessing to more people. I love it. All right. How would you, so let's fast forward here. Um, yeah. Eight years from now and your oldest is, Hey, oh boy! Let's maybe call it twelve years. Oh man! Okay. So, right. so your your oldest is now she's twenty one, and yeah. she is um is <sighs> starting to date someone that dad and mom approve of and think yeah. he's a wonderful guy. Um, how would you like to see her eventually communicate? to them about the wealth that you've created because the his gaining resources fund has done great. So if your other investments and, sure. and so, so now how, how should they communicate wealth that they have to them? Yeah. My, my desire would be that by that time, um, I have created an environment where my daughter, my, my, some my Haley has, um, grown into somebody who is, is going after everything that God's called them to and that they see wealth as what it truly is, a tool given to us by God to do his will here in the earth. Yeah. And if that, it, it, somebody that I would, uh, uh, I guess, give my approval uh, to, for her to be in a relationship with at that level um, would need to be somebody who also understands that. And, I, and, and if they didn't, I would, I would do what I can to help to teach that. But um, inevitably conversations like that come up if we would, you know, if we were to go on a trip together or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, it's not, you know, I mean, so much is public these days anyways, that it's like, okay, it's not a, it's not a secret. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really am a, a fan of, a lot of the structural things that can be put in place with a business um, to say, Hey, we've, we've, you know, there's a, a foundation that owns a big piece of the business. Cause this is really what this is for. Or, you right. know, my donor advised fund 
is is really the majority owner of this thing or you know what how some of those really strategic things that you can do to get creative to say if this is what we believe then we're going to put our money where our mouth is and and truly position the resources that we have for kingdom impact yeah we're going to make sure that the the kids are taken care of and you know there's there's certain things that um that i i believe it's important to the bible talks about you know putting things away for your children's children um but i don't think that um what i'm trying to do is create a legacy of generosity with my kids so that that's what matters the most I want to be generous on every occasion and I want to teach them how to do the same. But when it's time to communicate that to somebody else or bring somebody else into the thing that we do as a family, then it's like, Hey, here's what we do. If you're stoked about that and you want to be a part of it, great. But if you're, if you got dollar signs and you're dating my daughter for that reason, then we're going to have other conversations. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Last one here. The college college or ed- education planning so <laughs> uh, i have shared a little bit in the past here and we probably need to go into more in depth on a different episode on this um around my, my some of my thoughts on what the future of college is, is going to yep. look like and universities are not dumb they're not going to get just lapped and left behind but youtube and virtual reality and, and just online classes and, and so much more it, it's changed so much in the in the the types of careers that are out there and a kid can go be an expert in robotics by the time they're 16, you know, that a four-year degree may or may not actually be a good thing for them. And then right. you have this whole other, you know, worry about indoctrination and other issues inside, inside, you know, a lot of public universities. So um, not just public, private too. So th- there's all sorts of issues around, around the idea of, of education planning. So to the Christian family who, who is in, you know, they've got kids that are, let's say, 10 years and younger here, the idea of, of using a 529 plan, um, do you, and so the, obviously it's, it's person specific. I just want to, I want to grab your thoughts on that before we, before we let you go today. Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, I, me and my wife, we do have a 529 in place for both of our children. Um, I, I, like that tool even more now with the recent legislation that allows you to roll that over to a Roth. If it's not utilized, um, that's a big win in my opinion. Right. Obviously it's only a piece of it, but you can still do that. Um, I uh, was taking some college classes after, after I graduated high school. Um, I did a year of Bible school, which I'm really thankful for. And then I started taking some college classes as I was continuing in my career with the tech startup that I was doing. And, um, and then things started to really take off. And so I, you know, I'm on paper, technically I'm a college dropout. Um, and, and so, uh, but I look at what, what you brought up with this idea of indoctrination and some of the things that are being taught. Um, and this was how, this has been happening for years. And I think that the, the, um, it's, it's only become more and more prevalent that there are people that are in leadership in education. It's a little bit more prevalent in, 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 in public universities, but it's not, it's not, not happening in some of the, some of the private or even Christian ones, unfortunately. Um, I believe in this idea of parenting, it's so, so important for us to um, 
protect and guard the seeds that get sowed into our children. Um, and so right now we've chosen to have our kids, uh, we're not in a situation right now where we can be homeschooling all that probably would be ideal for me, but we have them in a small private Christian school that we trust, um, where we, we, we know that they're being taught the word and we know also what they're not being taught. And, and, um, so the idea of going to college, um, I think it's really, really important in this idea of, of, of shepherding your children's heart. Uh, to learn the things that they're passionate about from a very early age and help them to pursue and go after that. I, I think the years of blanket, you go to college just because that's what you do, uh, should should be behind us or moving behind us and saying, what is it that you're passionate about? And if that's a critical path, if you're called to be a doctor or something that you have to have that, great. But um, I think that there's so many opportunities to get the training and education. You know, for me, when I dropped out of college and I moved out to California and I was with my buddy that we were doing the tech startup together, he was about 10 years older than I am. Um, he walked in on day one and he handed me a stack of business books. And he said, I know you dropped out of college to do this. This is your college now. We have a yep. real world, real live business we're going to read these books together, you and I. We're going to try a bunch of stuff. Some of it's going to fail. Some of it's going to rock. And we're just going to have a blast and learn. I learned so much from that. That would have been really, really challenging to learn in a traditional education environment. So is there a place for that? I believe yes. But I don't think that it should just be a blind thing that you do this because this is what you do. And it's the prestige of going to this university and all of that. If it's truly about what has God uniquely called my child to do, then we need to take a much more careful approach and say, what is the right path to get them there? Wonderful. All right. Andrew Barlow, I truly, truly appreciate your time, the, the wisdom and the devotion you have had uh, the, the way that you've been running your race for God, your blessing. And so thank you for that. I hope listeners that you've been able to gather, gather some good pieces to, to practically impact the way that you, approach money and the way that you approach parenting as well so um, with that we'll we'll let you go and we'll see all listeners next week but andrew thank you again for all of your time thank you again for listening to wealth well done be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and together we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well